Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everyone. This is Helena Hart. Welcome to the Master Your Magnetism podcast, where I bring on top experts to help you create the life and relationship you've always wanted. Today, I'm talking with Clayton Olson. Again, he's an NLP practitioner and relationship coach who helps people remove their deeper blocks to love and connect with their authentic selves so they can be loved for who they truly are in life and in relationships. So welcome, Clayton. Thank you for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Helena. I'm excited to dive into today's topic. I think it's an important one and something that a lot of people are going to be able to relate to. Absolutely. I haven't talked too much about this topic on my podcast before, but I think it's really important for any area of life, not just in dating and relationships. And that is why being nice can actually lead to rejection in love or in any area of life, like I mentioned, and what to do instead. We have a lot to unpack here today. Is there anything you want to say before we dive into this topic? Yeah, I think that uh, just like you were saying off camera, is that it very well could be that when you first hear this title, it could be a little bit triggering because mm -hmm. you might be thinking that we're going to uh, make a bid for you being inauthentic or being someone different than you actually are. But it's actually going to be quite the opposite. We're going to really actually stand for your authenticity in a way that allows you to be everything, not just nice. If that is a pattern that you're working with in your relationship, being a people pleaser, um, being a helper. My audience here on my podcast is mostly women, but this could definitely apply to men as well. But I often speak from the women's point of view. Most women who come to this work, especially in my audience, tend to have huge hearts. They're so empathic. And I can relate to that myself. So this isn't about changing who you are or putting on some facade in order to get the love you want. It's actually just the opposite. It's about becoming more of who you are. And we're going to explain exactly how to do that and how this all works as we get into this topic a little more. So yeah, let's dive in. What's the first thing? you have to say on why being nice leads to rejection. Cool. Yeah. So what I want to talk about too first is I want to just distinguish, we're going to be talking about uh, two different uh, domains here. Okay. The first one is the, um, the behaviors that uh, someone might be uh, exuding when, or, or expressing uh, when they're nice. And there is a difference between the behaviors and there's a difference between the motivation behind those behaviors. And oftentimes what is not working in relationship, what doesn't actually work in connection with people is where you're coming from with those behaviors. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I want to examine in this video and uh, this podcast is uh, 
let's look at the underlying motivations behind the behaviors, because that's ultimately what people are rejecting more so than the behaviors themselves. And that when we actually get really straight with why we are taking certain actions in the relationship uh, and we get really clear on our intentions and we get really aligned and come from love rather than fear, we can still have uh, the same behaviors of generosity and kindness, but they won't get us rejected because what, again, what is getting us rejected is the place that we're coming from internally that we oftentimes think that people don't see um, that we're in contact with, which might be fear or manipulation or kind of a suppression of some type of feeling that we're trying to avoid. Um, so I just want to pause there for a moment. And does that land? Yeah. So what it sounds like you're saying is a person could be exhibiting the same behavior or doing the exact same action, but coming from two different places. One would be what you're calling being nice, which would lead to rejection. And one would be coming more of from an authentic expression of who they are, which would probably bring the other person closer and lead to a more connected relationship. Right. That's it. That's exactly okay. Yeah. So we don't right. want to be out with the bathwater, right? We're trying, we're, we're really, we're cutting, we're splitting hairs here uh, and, and unmarrying the motivation with the action uh, so that we actually have something to work with. I forgot to mention, by the way, I'm glad you said this video. We're actually recording this as a video for YouTube as well. So if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or anywhere else, and you'd like to see a video of this episode, that'll be the first link in the description or episode details. And by the way, make sure to stay to the end of this video too, because Clayton has a totally free masterclass that he's offering for a limited time just for women in my community. So I love everything you're sharing here. Do you want to talk about some of the motivations behind why people go into some of these behaviors of being nice, what it comes from? Is it childhood trauma? I'm sure it could probably come from all kinds of places, right? Yep, absolutely. Yeah, and I think one of the origins absolutely is childhood trauma. Uh, and growing up in a household where perhaps we trained ourselves to be a good boy or a good girl, uh, where love felt like it was conditional, that there were certain uh, behaviors of way of being that weren't acceptable. In fact, maybe we learned that they were unlovable. And so what ends up happening is we put on this kind of inauthentic veneer uh, that is designed to create a reaction and get something from other people outside of us, uh, rather than coming from this internally validated uh, sense of self, uh, which is where the split from authenticity occurs. And so just to underlay, underlay this, what this may look like then is when we're being nice, uh, oftentimes it's actually rooted in and it's a cover for fear. So it is a, a reaction rather than a choice. It's a way of reacting to what might be happening in the relationship where we start to be nice, a people pleaser, a helper, because we're actually afraid of having love withheld from us. So we act nice so that we don't experience rejection. Um, because we are also in some ways rejecting an aspect of ourselves on the inside too. Uh, we are rejecting perhaps, a, uh, our own authenticity. We're rejecting our own negative feelings that might be quote unquote negative feelings that might be getting stirred up in the relationship. So we suppress, we hide those, we put on this face, a smile, we maybe take care of the other person. Um, and so we're rejecting ourselves on, on some level. And then what often happens is we'll start to experience the, the world rejecting us as well, because it starts to mirror an already existing dynamic that's occurring internally. 
Got it. So it sounds like we're suppressing our own needs or feelings or desires or maybe boundaries and just putting on this performative act, so to speak, in order to not be rejected by the other person. It's kind of ironic that we're saying being nice in that way actually leads to rejection. What effect does that have on the other person when someone's showing up that way? Uh, it's just a good question. Yeah. So uh, a couple ways that it, it impacts other people is uh, it can come off as uh, suspicious. It can come off as confusing. Um, the suspicion often is present because uh, there is this kind of covert agenda that is present with someone who's being nice, where uh, on one level, there is this quote unquote act of generosity or this way in which you're putting someone else's needs first, but it's coming from a deeper vibration of fear or a discounting of self. And there's a transaction that's occurring. There's a subtle transaction of one of like, I'm going to do this for you, but then there, therefore you I'm expecting you not to reject me or you have to do something for me in return or there's a certain um, emotional experience that I want you to have or don't want you to have as a result of me doing this action. And so this is can raise a red flag. It can just give people kind of an icky feeling being mm -hmm. in the presence of it, of it. They might feel manipulated. Uh, they, they may feel like uh, there's some type of um, lie or coercion happening. Um, and, you know, that's probably on the, on the more worse side, but just on the if, you know, bring that back a little bit. And it might just be that it occurs as confusing. It's like, well, wait a second. Why is this person not honoring themselves in this connection? Um, are they expecting me to put them first above my own needs as they're taking care of my needs over theirs, which actually then invites somebody into the kind of a codependent dynamic. Um, so there is something very kind of codependent, which can be toxic about um, being nice and suppressing one's own needs as well. And, you know, we, if, if you're interacting with people that are, that are healthy, uh, this just goes against the natural flow of, of that healthy dynamic and people will pick up on it one way or another, either explicitly or implicitly. Absolutely. I love that you're talking about what effect this has on the other person, because we've all been there, myself included, when we're just trying to be so nice and understanding and accommodating. We think that that other person's going to see us as just really cool and easygoing and understanding. And maybe then we'll finally get that love that we're craving from them or get what we want in the relationship. Right. But it just yeah. doesn't work that way. It really doesn't. Have you found that as well? Yeah, totally. I mean, I think one of the uh, the collateral damage of being nice in a relationship is it shuts down authentic communication mm -hmm. uh, because it's, if you are uh, in the habit, in the practice of either making yourself or creating the other person as fragile in the relationship, which is typically what nice does either directly or indirectly, uh, we are uh, honoring harmony over authentic truth in the relationship. And so there will be less honest expression of how we're really feeling with each other, uh, less course corrective measures to bring the relationship back on track. And so the relationship will end up calcifying typically into something that is fragile or brittle that could actually, uh, that's not flexible, that has much more capacity to shatter and break um, under the natural tension that comes with two people getting to know each other that have different value sets. 
So true. I know people who are like this. I can definitely relate to being more this way myself, more of the walking on eggshells type of person rather than the just straightforward tell it like it is. I feel like I'm so sensitive. I care so much about what other people are feeling. Right. And so I've had to learn how to be able to be more confident in speaking my boundaries and truth and all of that. I think when people do this, they tend to stuff down their own needs or feelings or desires, like I mentioned earlier. And then what happens is they can just snap and then explode all over the other person when they've had enough. But really, it's like they've been abandoning themselves the whole time. It's almost like that anger that looks like it's going out towards the other person is actually sort of directed at themselves. Like, why did I put up with this for so long? Why did I allow myself to stay in this situation where I'm not getting my needs met? Right. Right. Yeah. I love that. I mean, that's, that's powerful responsibility, right. Is like realizing too, yes, that the internal anger that's been building because of a repression of our own needs and uh, a lack of respect for ourselves ends up then getting projected outward onto the other person. Um, and yeah, I think that's very, I think that's very common. And, uh, that's another piece that in, in why I think it can create rejection is because, um, being nice can occur as, especially if it's motivated from a place, I mean, if it is motivated from fear and motivated from a rejection of self, uh, it will also create the effect of the other person just kind of feels like they're in relationship with a ticking time bomb. Somebody mm -hmm. who has created a hotbed of resentment within themselves. And it's just only a matter of time before all of a sudden, uh, you know, there's a straw that breaks the camel's back and there's a reaction that may be, you know, uh, an expression of all of this um, suppression that's, that's inappropriate for whatever it is that's, that's happened externally. Yeah, something I've been saying for a long time is that anger and resentment build in direct proportion to the amount of energy and effort you're putting out in a relationship if you're not getting that same amount of effort back in return. And I see this all the time in women in my community. They're just hoping that this guy is going to one day snap to and see them as you know, wife material or relationship material. And it just never happens when they're going about it in this way. So I'd love to talk about the opposite of this. What can mm -hmm. people do if they find themselves being nice in order to be loved in relationships, even if they're single and dating? I know, mm -hmm. like I mentioned, I can relate to this in my past. I know so many people who are drawn to this work tend to be that way where they mm -hmm. put other people's feelings ahead of their own. So I'd love to hear what you feel is the opposite of being nice. Yeah. Yeah. So just, uh, and I'll, I'll work my way backwards for that question. So uh, I think that the opposite of being nice is being kind. Um, mm. One might argue that the opposite of being nice is being authentic, uh, but I'll just say that it's that let's just say that being kind is the opposite side of the same coin of being nice and being kind is coming from a place of love, trust, surrender, confidence. Being nice is coming from a place of fear, control, suppression, um, entrapment for it, within self. Uh, and so how does one na actually navigate from going from being nice to being kind? And, and the reason, by the way, the reason why I am saying being kind is the opposite. I'm not saying that, that it's, in, that's just empirically true, uh, just for the sake of uh, giving this example of a, of a, of a new way of being, um, I, I want to put being kind here because I, I want people to still know that they can have access to, uh, the behaviors that maybe they feel are, uh, are authentic expressions of their generosity. Um, mm -hmm. that there still is a way for you to be present and to be giving and to be um, uh, generous in, in the way that you show up. 
um, but the motivation can be different, which will lead to a different result. Um, and so how does one make this navigation from being nice to being kind? And I think uh, in order to start to unpack it, uh, what it actually takes is one to get really present and understand what it is within themselves that they are trying to avoid by being nice. Mm. Said another way, what is the feeling? What is this, the sensation, the feeling in my body that I am trying to escape from every time I go into this pattern of being nice? Because we can say that being nice is actually a compensatory behavior and uh, way of being an expression that was created as a result of trying of a younger self trying to save themselves from feeling something. And so the more that we can expand our capacity to be with the feeling, the motivating feeling underneath the expression of being nice, uh, the more choice we begin to build into our experience so that nice isn't something that is just an automatic reaction that just comes out like a trigger, but rather uh, we can begin to pick and choose our actions from a more sober, integrated place. Um, so what is this feeling? What is this feeling that's underneath being, uh, that, that typically is driving people to be nice? Um, well, I can say that within myself, I've, I've noticed this uh, as I've grown up over the decades is uh, the, the feeling that I may be uh, trying to avoid is a, a feeling of rejection, a feeling of worthlessness. Um, it could also be the feeling of being out of control. So um, being nice is often a interesting, circuitous way of trying to remain in control in relationship. And the more comfortable I can be actually being out of control in relationship, the more I can, uh, the more free I can be in relationship. And, and how does nice and control actually relate to each other? Well, if you, if you think about it, being nice in some ways is the, is a way in which I am trying to craft an image of myself that I want the other person to buy. Mm -hmm. I'm wanting the person to buy a way of seeing me. Um, and I'm trying to control my, who, who I am, my image of, uh, I'm trying to control their image of me. And the more that I can let go of that, the more that I can give that person the freedom to see me, however the hell they want to see me, however the hell they do see me, whether that is, uh, whether that is bad, whether that is messy, whether that is selfish, the more that I can allow surrender uh, control of that, uh, the more access I have to coming back to myself and then being able to act from my center um, rather than trying to impression manage. Um, mm. So I'll pause there. That was a mouthful. I know. Uh, yeah, it's so interesting. Yeah, there's so much overlap in what you're talking about and my work too. I have another thing I've been saying for years is that overgiving or overfunctioning is actually a control thing, especially when you're giving to get. And I think a lot of people do that without realizing it. It's not like they have some kind of malicious intent, but they're they're giving of themselves so much and ignoring their own needs or what they truly want in the relationship in order to hopefully in their minds get something back in return in terms of the other person's time or love or affection or even commitment. Yeah. Like I said, they might want that person to see them as relationship material. So they're just being really cool and understanding. I think women 
who are in my community or who come to this work tend to give men way, 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 way too much benefit of the doubt. <laughs> and may they make excuses for him. They buy into his excuses of why he's not prioritizing her. I just see that all over the place, especially yeah. lately. For some reason, I've been seeing that so often in the comment sections of some of my videos here on YouTube. And so what I think I hear you say is that when you honor yourself and truly value yourself, now you have access to being kind and generous rather than just being nice as like this knee-jerk reaction of like, I'm going to just be nice and suppress my own needs and put this other person ahead of myself in order to somehow try to get what I want. Do I have that right? Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, I love how you're putting it. I think that's it. And the words that come to mind too is uh, when, when you can fully say no, then your yes matters. Have you heard mm. that before? Yeah, I think so. Right. When you can say no to somebody, then your yes actually matters and it's believable. Um, so when you, so if we were to, to overlay that on this, you know, another way that I would say that you actually get access to real kindness is through owning your selfishness, hmm. right? Through, through owning the fact that like, you know what, maybe there's actually a, a, a really selfish part of you that's in there. And the more that you can step in and own that selfish aspect of yourself, then uh, the more being kind actually becomes a choice because you can be selfish if you need to be. You can be selfish, uh, but you're choosing to be kind. Um, and a lot of times, nice folks, like people that are in, locked in this kind of nice, uh, fearful response, they, they haven't owned that they have a really selfish part of them, mm -hmm. right? So that could even just be something that someone just kind of says out loud and just notices the, the feeling in their body is that secretly, I'm really selfish. Hmm. Right? If you find yourself being really um, uh, you, you identify as a nice person who's very giving, who's overgiving, uh, who just, you know, has this really open heart that gets taken advantage of, uh, just own that actually secretly you have a really selfish aspect of yourself that that's in the background that's suppressed. Um, mm -hmm. because the more that you can own that, the more integration can occur. Um, you know, I've seen women and I've worked with women who have gotten really locked into these, uh, toxic dynamics with, uh, guys that are really selfish, uh, who uh, really are not um, good for them. You know, maybe they could be some type of emotional abuse even. And if the woman, I mean, this can happen on the, with, with men as well, but um, if the woman is unwilling to own uh, kind of her own like bad assness, her selfishness, her, the, the aspect of herself that is kind of mean, if she can't own that, she will be held hostage in the dynamic by this guy. Mm. In fact, I would actually say that that kind of dynamic is an initiation for her to own her inner selfishness, which will ultimately be the thing that says that, that allows her to, to step up and say, you know what, like I'm actually walking away from you and there's nothing that you can do to make me feel guilty for honoring myself in this situation. I'm out. And so, because some of these toxic gentlemen, and that, for lack of a better word, mm -hmm. uh, you know, they, they might uh, control them with guilt and shame. And is, if, if, that, if the woman can actually step in and, and stand in her selfishness, then she will, be, uh, she will break the spell that this um, toxic relationship has over her. Um, so we, it's almost like life is inviting us to go to the exact place that we don't want to go. Yeah. Um, really feeling that owning that can, can give us real freedom in a relationship. 
Yeah, so true. I think if you're used to putting yourself last on your priority list and putting everyone else ahead of yourself in that way, the thought of being selfish can kind of be triggering. Even that word selfish can feel triggering. But I think if your comfort zone is being overly nice and overly giving and ignoring your own needs and feelings and desires, that comfort zone you have going on for yourself is not a good benchmark, right? Or baseline. So I think it really would benefit people to just have even just a little drop of that selfishness and try it on and actually stand up for themselves and what they truly want and deserve in a relationship. Do you agree? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that uh, uh, our capacity to take care of ourselves uh, is really attractive and Mm -hmm again, restores choice so that when we are generous, we're doing it not because we feel like we should be doing it or that we need to be doing it. We're doing it because we want to do it genuinely. And then it doesn't come with any strings attached. Um, I think when we're being nice, overly generous, and we're giving because we feel incomplete and we're hoping that the other person's going to fill our cup, uh, the, the expression can't be trusted. That the action is, it's not trustworthy. Uh, and then we set ourselves up then to continue to play into this narrative of, you know, I give and I give and I give and I don't get anything back in return. Um, where when we're just being generous, we're, we're giving and we're giving because the reward is in the giving, not in what we're hoping or waiting for someone else to do for us. It's so true. I know we could probably just talk forever about this topic. I'd love to do a part two sometime. If anyone has any questions or experiences with this, let us know down below in the comment section if you're watching on YouTube. Is there any last words of wisdom you have for everyone today on how to transition from being nice or too giving or too understanding into being kind or just being more of your authentic self and setting boundaries? I'd love to hear anything else you have to say on this topic, though. I definitely wanted to save a little time to talk about your free masterclass, too. Yeah, I would just say to approach this with curiosity and with an experimenter mindset. Um, Whenever we're doing our best to change the way that we're showing up in relationship, uh, we're we're really working with so many unconscious forces and so many different protective mechanisms that actually have worked really well in our life to get us to the place that we're at right now. And Mm -hmm. so I want to say that for anybody that's listening that can identify with um, being too nice or too overly given, giving, uh, it's not a fallen state. It's a, it's a compensatory way of showing up that has worked really, really well for you. And so, uh, can we turn towards ourselves with compassion and curiosity and with an experimenter mindset so that we can make graceful respect, respectful adjustments to ourselves and start to shift into a more integrated state, um, with compassion and grace rather than one of like, okay, now I'm going to hate this aspect of myself where I'm now being mean to myself because I'm being nice, right? That is, if you find yourself turning towards yourself in that way, turning violent towards yourself in that way around being nice, um, that that is not the message of this video. The message of this video is to turn towards yourself with curiosity and compassion because then we have much more capacity to be able to shift uh, into a more integrated human being and have more choice in relationship uh, through that lens. So great. And I think as you were speaking, it really hit me that it's also not about turning violent towards the other person either. I think there's this tendency for the pendulum to swing maybe a little too far in the other direction. And I think that's normal when people are learning new habits and patterns. So just to 
have all the gentleness and love and just be easy with it and come at it with compassion and curiosity for yourself and for anyone else involved. I think that's great. So let's talk about your free masterclass. It's a limited time offer that will be in the description or episode details, wherever you're watching this. It's about being relationship ready, three keys to being relationship ready. Do I have that right? Yeah. Three keys to being relationship ready. We've also had the name three keys to attract and keep a high quality man. Mm. Uh, and these are three distinctions that uh, my teaching partner, Jack Butler, and I have created after working with uh, hundreds of women one-on-one -on -one, uh, and also men as well uh, that are just shifts in the way that you see yourself, shifts in the way that you see men and shifts in the way that you see relationship uh, that will give you more access to your authenticity and, and just ultimately more power in that kind of beginning dynamic of cultivating a connection that lasts so great. And that's totally free, right? They can sign up for a time that works for them. And if they can't make it live, they get access to the replay. Is that yep. right? Yep. Okay, great. So if you're watching on YouTube, that'll be the first link in the description or episode details. Just click the title of this video. It'll open up the description and that'll be the first link in there. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or anywhere else, just listening to the audio of this, that'll be the second link in the description. So this was great, Clayton. I would love to bring you on again soon. I know that we could just talk forever about some of these really important topics. Thanks for joining us, everyone. And I will see you next time. Clayton, thanks again. This was great. Thanks for having me, Helena. If you're tired of struggling in your love life and you want a proven system to get into and maintain a relationship where you're consistently loved, valued, and cherished, go to forever1234.com. Again, that's forever1234.com.